0: Welcome to the Horsewise podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll talk to you about the universal mistake that I see people make when a ride doesn't go well, and how to prevent it as well as manage it when it's happening in the moment. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about what is probably the biggest mistake or error that I see people make with their horses, especially when something has gone wrong or hasn't gone the way that you expected it to go during a ride or a show or some kind of an event that you are at with your horse. And that is the very common syndrome where when something doesn't happen quite the way we expected and we feel bad about it what we tend to do is immediately assume that we suck and our horse hates us. And this is particularly maybe more likely with women. Certainly every horsewoman I've ever known has experienced this at some time or another, including me, uh, quite a lot, in fact. And maybe that goes to something along the lines where perhaps women tend to be a little more sensitive to the relationship with their horse, or at least they're more comfortable expressing it. Uh, Gender stereotypes aside, I think most men are a little less comfortable with expressing their emotions and women are able to do that maybe more readily. And uh, what the issue is with this idea of you suck and your horse hates you is that, first of all, it's a very exhausting emotion. You really believe it in that moment. All of us who've been there, who've had that kind of crushing despair is what it really feels like. It's not simply that you feel bad about yourself for not doing something perfect, but that you also think that you are a terrible rider, that you are worthless as a human being, that not only does your horse hate you, but you've ruined your horse forever. Now, first I'm going to reassure everybody who's had this feeling who hasn't actually beaten a horse to death or abused a horse, if you feel like you suck and your horse hates you after you have maybe felt like again that you haven't put in the perfect ride and something went wrong, I can pretty much guarantee to you that you don't suck and your horse doesn't hate you because people who really do suck and whose horses hate them have no idea about either of those facts. So in other words, if you are feeling that wave of emotion about it, you probably aren't that way. So first of all, just kind of to ease your concerns, I, I am the head coach at Horsewise and I'm just telling you, it's been my experience that people who have these kind of crushing feelings of despair rarely actually truly suck and their horses rarely truly hate them. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to sort of help you in that moment. There's a couple of things to really, really keep in mind. First of all, when you're in that crushing wave of emotion, You don't really realize it, but at that moment, you are completely unable to help your horse. And I'm not even talking about while you're actually still in the saddle, but you know, you go home and you stay up all night and you torture yourself and you know you just you're embarrassed, you're ashamed, you just feel awful about everything. You can't help your horse in that time either, because when you're in that kind of emotional churn, you have no ability to understand feedback, to assess what actually happened in the ride neutrally, and therefore you have no awareness of what actually happened. Without the awareness of what actually happened, again, in a neutral way, you cannot help your horse. Now, those of you who've been listening to my podcast, you know that I often talk about the CSI mindset, kind of just the facts, ma'am, where we do our best to sort of put the emotions to the side and just observe neutrally what happened. What is the sequence of what happened? Not how do I feel about what I thought happened, but what actually happened. The example I gave in a previous podcast was, let's say you were working with your horse on the ground, you were lunging your horse and he stopped and he reared up a little bit. And there are multiple ways to look at that. You could be really emotional and say, my horse is a bad horse. My horse is aggressive. You could say that I'm afraid of my horse or my horse is just being uh, kind of a jerk and I need to be really firm. And in that wave of emotion, which you might've actually missed is that right before your horse started to rear, what happened was that maybe one foot was a little bit stuck and he couldn't move as fluidly and you weren't aware of that and you asked him to keep moving forward and he felt a little bit unbalanced and then he reared up a little bit. Or it might be that you were over aiding to the horse's perspective. Maybe you didn't actually do anything technically incorrect, but maybe you, you waved the whip a little bit more and it scared the horse a little and he jumped up and you perceived it as a rear. So unless your emotions are quiet, you can't see that information neutrally, you, your awareness is sort of completely blocked. It's like being in a, a fog of swirling emotion. And it's also creates all this noise. So it's kind of like you're in a fog and a windstorm. You can't see, you can't hear, you're not getting any of the data and you're really not helping. Now it can feel like it's, A reasonable action to take, it's almost like it can almost feel productive. Like I didn't do something right, therefore, all of these things happened. So I'm going to punish myself as a way of balancing things out. That is the action that I'm taking. I'm not saying that this is what you're actually thinking, but this is sometimes why we will succumb to this sort of wave of emotions. Like we feel like we deserve it, we feel like we need to be punished, and we're going to do the punishing ourselves. The second thing that it is preventing you from seeing is what you actually might be able to do to support your horse better in the future. And what I mean by that is you're essentially not allowing yourself to learn. You're not allowing yourself to see the right information. Again, the feedback, obviously what happened, what did you see, what actually happened with your horse, but also then to have the neutral kind of perspective on yourself. You could say, well, let's say your horse spooked very violently during a dressage show and You felt really badly about that and he kind of panicked and you kind of panicked and it was a bit of a mess and you ended up having to scratch and you feel embarrassed that everybody saw your horse like that, but also you just feel bad that maybe your horse just doesn't like you and you never were a good rider and you kind of go into that spiral, right? Well, the thing that you miss in terms of learning is you might, if you're neutral, say that Hey, right before my horse started to actually spook, he was pretty tight. He was pretty worried. And I got tight and worried. And instead of redirecting him or maybe trying to figure out a different solution, I essentially mirrored him. And so you might go, well, I think what I need to do is practice different kinds of movements when my horse isn't nervous and upset, maybe at home in our arena where he feels comfortable learn how to practice short serpentines or learn how to practice different maneuvers that are more likely to help your horse relax in those situations. It also direct him into kind of a dance Pilates routine that can help unwind tension before it gets too high. But if you're just upset, you can't even see that, Hey, that's something that I might try as a solution you just assume again that, you know, you suck and your horse hates you. So you don't have that opportunity to learn. You don't have that opportunity to be creative. And in that sense, that's what I mean. You, you don't really have the means to support your horse because you're in this emotional churn. And we don't mean to do this again. It it feels like we're actually doing something productive by punishing ourselves, but we miss all of the information and then as I said you can't really support your horse so it's really not helping your horse to do that it it really literally serves no purpose and at the end of the day I have this kind of saying about drama It's, it's really a form of drama that we're talking about again not intentional no one's out there trying to you know create drama but when we have these huge emotional swings it is a form of drama And, uh, I have a saying and it basically goes, do you know what happens with drama? Nothing, nothing happens with drama because it takes up all the oxygen in the room. So any constructive action, any neutral assessment, any, reasonable plan to move forward gets halted because the drama is taking up all of the kind of I said oxygen everyone's attention is focused on the spectacle of emotion even if this is just totally internal to you I'm not suggesting that you're having a hysteria fit you know in the warm-up ring or anything but that's so that's just a different way to think about it is hey you know, if I can just kind of settle my emotions a little bit and allow myself to learn and allow myself to see what happened, then I might actually see areas where I can support my horse or practice things, or maybe areas where you need support. You could say, hey, I wasn't really ready for that show. I was really nervous myself before we came into the ring. And you can treat yourself like a green horse and say, hey, I want to be supportive to myself. I'm going to maybe attend a clinic first next time. Those aren't as maybe exciting. There's not as many people around. It's a way to practice being at an away event without putting so much pressure on myself. I'm going to do this for myself so that I can help my horse too. And in that way, you can be, again, helpful to your horse. You can be more aware and you can see it simply as a learning experience for both of you, rather than this, again, huge indictment of you as a human being as a horse owner, and as a rider. It's simply not useful and it's also in a strange way keeping you from helping your horse better. The good news is that there are things that you can do when you're in the middle of all that emotion. The very first kind of approach is to just recognize it instead of just going, oh I'm back in this horrible feeling that I always have because I've always sucked and periodically I think I don't suck but now I know I suck. You know you get into all of that you can kind of pause and go hey that's kind of like the Horsewise podcast about I suck and my horse hates me and you can get a little bit of emotional detachment. Another thing I find very useful is to kind of take a moment and go do I really suck that badly? I mean really like of all the people out there in the world who?" Don't do well with their horses. How can it be that I am the worst ever? Is that really rational? And kind of make a joke out of it to yourself. Are you really as bad as the guys who back in the day, you know rode their horses with giant spurs and whipped them everywhere? Are you, are you really like that? I mean that's, that that kind of sucks. That's not where you are, right? So just kind of make a little joke of that in your mind. What's important not to do is to then berate yourself for feeling like you suck and your horse hates you because now you're saying to yourself, I'm stupid for thinking that. So, so then you're just sort of adding another layer of, you know, emotional battering to yourself. So don't do that. Don't be angry with yourself for feeling that you suck and your horse hates you. Instead, just try to get a little detachment about it. Try to think of my voice. Think of how we might laugh about this together, that you're not really sucking that bad and um, your horse probably doesn't hate you. I mean, odds are low. If you feed him, he's just, he's probably going to forget about it anyway. So just kind of move forward from that, kind of have that amused tone about it. Another way to think about it is when you, again, kind of have those sort of assault of emotions and the thoughts that go with them, instead of bracing up against it going, oh, I don't want to think that way. You know, again, I'm stupid. I don't want to think that way. I'm stupid for thinking that way. Instead, imagine that kind of morass of emotion and not so great thoughts as this giant, muddy, out of control puppy who's jumping all over like the front seat of your vehicle while you're trying to drive. And he's just, he's got a lot of, of information to share with you, but none of it's really useful. And so it's as if he's trying to t- tell you where to go and how to drive the car. You would never listen to a giant disheveled, misbehaving puppy telling you where to drive. So kind of think of it like that that that's, that's what those emotions are. And you can kind of go, okay, you need to sit in the backseat and be quiet because I'm driving now. Thank you for your input, but I have decided that I'm not really going to listen to it because you're a giant disheveled muddy puppy. And the odds are you have absolutely no idea of any kind of useful information in terms of getting to the destination. So I find that useful too. just again, to sort of make whatever character works for you. For some reason, for me, it's a giant disheveled, muddy puppy who's yapping and barking and not a, not a bad creature, but just really not probably having the best leadership skills at the moment. And so I'm not really going to rely on that puppy's judgment. These two strategies sound really simple and almost silly, but they can be remarkably effective in the moment of just sort of breaking up that chain of thought. And again, giving you a little sense of humor about it. And in that sense, you're kind of regaining sort of mastery of the situation. You're getting mastery of your emotions, which means eventually you'll be able to get some data, some really accurate data about what happened. And then you can focus on that, which is a lot more relaxing and fun than listening to your emotions scream at you. So another element that I would recommend is then don't try to say to yourself, Hey, I'm never ever going to think that again, or I'm having these emotions. So I need to reevaluate everything again about what I did because I suck because I have these emotions. Instead, kind of, Think of yourself as a work in progress. So, a good kind of mantra or thing to keep in the back of your mind would be to say to yourself, I'm becoming the kind of person who, when they get emotional after a not so great ride, is able to quiet those emotions. Or, I'm becoming the kind of rider who always tries to stay aware of what is actually happening with my horse, even if I'm having a bad day emotionally or I'm upset with myself for having the less than perfect AIDS or whatever it is that I, I feel I could have done better. For some reason, putting it like that, that you are becoming this kind of rider or becoming the kind of person or becoming the kind of horsewoman or becoming the kind of horse owner that takes the pressure off you to say, why aren't I that person now? Well, you're not that person now because you're becoming that person. And that's the way that all improvement happens, whether it's with you know, emotional control with your horse or riding better or learning how to windsurf or fly fish, you're becoming the kind of person who fly fishes effectively. You're becoming the kind of person who is really great at volleyball. That's a better way to look at it than, Hey, I, I really didn't do very well in that volleyball game. So therefore I suck. So kind of keep that in mind. I'm becoming the kind of rider and then kind of dot, 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 you fill in the gaps, whatever it makes you feel the best or tracks with the goals that you genuinely have for yourself. But most of all, what to keep in mind always is that when you have those kind of waves of emotion to set it aside and say, Hey, I'm going to put my horse first. This wave of emotion isn't really helping my horse. I'm going to kind of ride it out. I'm going to tell the puppy to shut up and sit down in the back seat or whatever so that I can help my horse so that I can give my horse the focus and so that I can also quit being sort of dramatic about something that probably is relatively straightforward to deal with as long as I can get the information accurately. That's what's going to make the most difference to you and your horse in the long run. I hope after listening to this podcast episode that you feel greatly reassured that you probably don't suck and your horse probably doesn't hate you. If you don't feel that way, if you feel like you need more support, let me know. Drop me a line at horsewisecoach.com. We do a lot of work with online coaching, helping with mindset, helping people with audio coaching, giving them little kind of examples of my voice in their ear, making them laugh about giant puppies and things like that. Drop us a line if you need that support. And as always, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day.